Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel with your hosts, Doug and Jamie. This is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor, someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed the interview we did a few weeks back. We did things a little bit backwards because we wanted to wait until this week's sequel, Grizzly 2 Revenge, was out for everyone to see. We were lucky enough to see it before it came out, which is so amazing. And talking to the producer... Suzanne Nagy, who kept this movie alive. 1983, they start filming. 37, 38 years later, it is out. And I cannot wait to discuss this because this is like a huge thing for us, you know? Seeing a movie before it comes out and a movie that has Clooney, Dern, Sheen for a little bit. (laughs) But before we start talking about it, I got to (laughs) introduce you to my partner in the sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? Doug, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm very good. Oh, very, very good. Good. You know, we, we've covered a lot of movies. Um, there's a few movies that like I've never seen anything like it, and I have to I have to put this movie in that category that I've never seen a movie like this. And I mean, for obvious reasons, but uh, it was it was definitely a fun, interesting watch this time. It was when you really think about what go- like you watch a movie. And you're like, okay, like if somebody, if I just put this on, didn't read anything about it, didn't know anything about it, I might feel differently. But then knowing all the inner workings of one on, it's a little bit different. So before we introduce our five timer, uh, Chris Egan, who's waiting in the wings, if you could see him, then you see him. But if you can't hear him, you'll hear him in a second. But Jamie, what are the other sequels that you put in this? Are you talking Terror Tunes 3? I would say Terror Tunes, um, even. Maybe even Jack Frost. Um, you know, it's such a bizarre, like a bizarre movie. Uh, you know, there again. This is. I think you're right. I think if I if I saw this without knowing the history of the movie, eh. But knowing the history of the movie, this movie makes it ten times better. Oh, just totally. like it, it, it changes the way I watch this movie. So I think you just quoted Roger Ebert when he reviewed Jack Frost too. You said weirdly, right? That I don't know if I said weirdly. Oh, I, I think you said weird. I said it's a weird movie. Oh, okay. I mean, talking ice cubes kind of is weird, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I, I mentioned before, five time guests. Man, it's so hard in the beginning. It's so easy to remember some of these guests, all the movies they were in. So, Jamie, if you help me, obviously we got the uh, Tex Chainsaw Massacre three. Correct. The Fly two. Amityville Horror two. Amityville Horror two. What the hell else did I come on for? <laughs> Whoa, I'm, I'm drawing a blank too. I'm drawing, uh, they must have been great movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get back to it. Yeah, we'll get back to it. But he's here for we know he's doing Grizzly 2 Revenge. <laughs> and that's Chris Egan. How you doing, Chris? I'm great. I'm ready to talk about this. And I, I can promise he won't forget this one. I won't. No, I can't believe we can't think of this. I know we haven't given him any of the big like horror franchises, so it's not one of those. It's been all horror. Wowzers. That's you know what? When you get a chance, send us the shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> My brain only holds so much. 
<laughs> so, so what's really cool about this movie? I just mentioned, obviously, it took 37 years, but the first movie was such a big success, independent wise. Right after Jaws came out, they were like, "What can we do? Let's put Jaws on land." And they're like, "Oh, sharks die on land, so like, All right, let's use a grizzly bear." And the movie crushed. It was the it was the highest grossing independent film until John Carpenter came along with Halloween. And that's something to say. And then from, it's crazy. I believe that first movie, I don't know if you guys have the numbers, but I feel like it's a quarter of a million was the first movie's budget. Wow. Back then. Yeah. That's This movie? Do you know the budget of this movie? I'm assuming not <laughs> enough because they had a quarter. $7.5 million. Wow. You yeah, really we'll get into all that. Obviously, you have the Rolling Stone stage. Which I'll say not- it must be. It definitely must be the the actually the stage is for Nazareth. Oh, okay. From what I heard, from what I heard, it was a Nazareth concert, and the people there didn't know that there were fake bands going on stage. <laughs> so when you we'll get there, but when you watch some of the concert, you'll see like a lot of people like just standing there, like in like what's going on. That's yeah. amazing. So what? Uh, Let's just like dive right in. So, all right, I I got a quick question before we dive because I don't know anything about the first movie. Um, do they explain why the grizzly bear is like as si- as big as King Kong? No, no nuclear power plant not too far. Away. No, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like Jaws, like a freakishly large. Well, no, Jaws, Jaws is is normal size. I mean, larger than a. Sh- I mean, it's a shark size. I mean, I'm sure the sharks out there like that. This bear was pretty pretty massive if it was a regular size shark quint would have been ready he would have got a bigger boat the, the, right. the shark the shark in jaws is supposed to be slightly abnormal the bear in grizzly one is slight slightly abnormal it's supposed to be just a really big bear this one is <laughs> well you don't see it until the end you don't see this like how big the bear is yeah. until the end and it's pretty massive <laughs> i've got notes about the forklift scene <laughs> oh nice okay so, so the movie starts off, it's a lot of Canada geese, lots of nature, giving the vibe of the movie. And you, you at least find out right away, like, why? You know? Because Suzanne told me, like, the original cut of the movie that they had uh, from a few years back was just, there was no, it was just getting right into it. So it's basically like, like the movie was called Grizzly 2, con- uh, the concert or concert. Um there was just no purpose to the story. It was just like this bear's killing. So that's why they added in that scene at the beginning, which you can kind of tell that footage is like very recent. Just there's a few footages in this movie. That how clear, tell. how clear the nature looks. You mean? <laughs> yes. And what like, like you're watching a nature documentary is, is yeah. that's how clear it was. It's like, yeah, it's like Nat, Nat Geo B roll. <laughs> now, do you guys pick up on, again, this is like stock footage. I'm sure maybe they filmed some of it, but there, a lot of it was stock. And did you notice that randomly they see the nature and then you see that road? Do you guys notice that guy on the motorcycle? Yes. Yeah, I wrote that down too. He was sur- he was surfing on his motorcycle. Yeah. It was so random. And I'm like, wait, couldn't they have gotten like another piece of footage where there was like no? And it wasn't even like, now if that guy shot the bear, that would have been impressive. If he was like a, you know, like kind of I like a that's what they were going for. He was the hunter. Yeah. He's just so jazzed to be shooting bears. He's surfing his motorcycle down the road well, a, a lot of people seemed very jazzed to be shooting bears like there's definitely a a, a a big bear hunt on this oh yeah yep 
I would never shoot a bear, but I'd like to just pretend to because those guys were having a ball. What the four guys playing grab ass in the middle of the woods? <laughs> <laughs> those you talking about those guys? Yes, and yeah, the whole scene was there. There, there was a, there was an ass pinch at, at a point. There was one, oh yeah. <laughs> It reminded me of like those guys are like look like they could have been extras in Deliverance. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the opening scene we see like the two baby bears playing, the mama bear looking, and then we just see the the hunter who you know he looks like he's from like now time last five years, and he shoots the baby bear, and again you know it's digital, but it looks so real, and then the mama gets shot, and then you're like, it's on. Did you notice? I felt like the grizzly kind of looked like Ace Ventura when the grizzly. I, I think when the well, when when Ace Ventura like moves his mouth like like you know when he does like oh, and the bear did the exact same mo like motion that Ace Ventura does. That's called peanut butter in the mouth. They put some peanut butter <laughs> in the mouth. You notice all the bears, even the bear that uh, Jackie Moon uh, wrestles in the Will Ferrell basketball movie. Same thing. The bear is like doing that the whole time. So maybe that's what they got to do. Maybe they did, used to do that to Jim Carrey on set. Put a little peanut butter in his mouth. <laughs> it's called method acting. Method acting. But yeah, so then we go, we see the title screen again. A little something. I don't know. Not, not, it didn't really tickle my fancy. But then we cut to, we see George Clooney. Well, they have, you know, let me, okay. So let me ask you this question. If you're like a George Clooney fan at the time or or Charlie Sheen and nobody you, know, you go to this movie at the time they weren't even this like they're okay. okay but the movie's coming out now oh yeah so there's a movie that came out now so they have top billing the first three names you see is George Clooney Lord Dern and uh Charlie Sheen would you be pissed if you the other actors no well if I was no, John Reese Davis yeah but I mean at this like when they probably get it but but the, the, you like it's very you know it just it's funny like I di- I didn't know anything about this movie I didn't know what was gonna happen but like I five minutes maybe like how, how long are they in the movie for yeah five minutes oh okay about five minutes yeah <laughs> I wonder do you think honestly did they watch it already I I bet you Charlie Sheen did because he did get back to Suzanne he was excited He's but I really else. why yeah. not I also like Charlie Sheen seemed the same age as as. George Clooney. I thought he was George Clooney was older. I guess they're the same, like around the same age. Yeah. I, I want to know why they're going camping. Again, we see this a few times, but you have a couple who just can't keep their hands off each other. And then you have the third wheel that's there. Isn't that kind of awkward? I feel like, I mean, that's, a, that seems, that's like a trope with most slashers or, or horror movies where, you know, there's always a group of friends, whether it's three of them, five of them. There's all, it's always an odd number where there's like a couple, there's a few couples and there's just an odd man out or odd girl out. Yeah. But I think it's different when there's like, you know, a group of people, cause maybe not everybody's hooking up at the same time here. It's like, all right, they hook up once. I mean, you're the only one, like you can't go off to talk to somebody else. Like you're totally an odd were wheel. They, were they there just for camping or were they there to see the concert too? I'm thinking the concert and I'm thinking that they knew even at this point that it was going to be hard to secure like music rights because the song that George Clooney's singing, he's just saying doom, doom, cha, doom, cha, <laughs> doom, doom, cha, doom, cha. And I'm like, along. they couldn't have something. He was, he was dancing up the mountain. 
And they were doing, and Jimmy did that because Laura Dern, when he's like trying to get frisky with her, she's like, he's like, hey, you, you, you wanted to last night. She's like, yeah, but I didn't go 20 miles. Could you have to be walked 20 miles that way? Like, doom, doom, chop, just flip it. And then he would stop, pop, eject, flip it, and then doom, doom, chop. That'd be amazing. I would love every part of that. But it was kind of weird because uh, Charlie Sheen's character, Kind of seemed like he was into Laura Dern. It was almost like he was friends of Laura Dern and George Clooney was the boyfriend. Like he knew George Clooney, but he was just there to, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Do you make up a whole backstory? Yes, I am because they were in there for five minutes. They deserve it. In the five minutes, you really feel that that (laughs) Laura Dern and Charlie Sheen. I I do want want to say that, well, I don't know how far we're going along here, but Towards the end of, of Charlie's uh, tenure within the film, he really nails his uh, his death scene. You can you get a taste of the Charlie Sheen to come. Yes. What do you mean pain. getting drug uh, and grabbing a heel? No, no. I meant I meant solid actor Charlie Sheen before he really went crazy. Oh, okay. He definitely looked like Emilio in his. I saw like Emilio Estevez. It was a very different. It was a very different Charlie Sheen. Very. Yeah, and it was that, cool. Floppy hair. Yeah. No, I, you just wish that they style. had that. The second unit. Uh, Egan, look at this guy. Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So if if they did have the second unit, and if they didn't have all the issues with the bear, the same guy that worked on the ch- uh, shark and jaws. Maybe it could have been different. You could have saw it, but it was really just, again, the peeper. The bear is like the shark in Jaws 2. Just watching. The the bear is like Michael Myers. Because, he first of all, he breathes like Michael Myers. You know, (laughs) I mean, he's constant. And yeah, he's waiting and peeping. You know, I'm not sure bears do that. You know, I mean, I think I think if they're in the area and they see people, they're going to attack right away. This bear is like waiting for his opportunity to to come out, you know, the right time. He was just taking in the show, you know, the Laura Dern show. There's a little something going on, and then she just gets in there with Clooney. And, yeah, you didn't really see anything. It was just a lot of, again, because they couldn't have the other bear. So all you saw was, like, a quick cut. I did like Char- I did like Charlie Sheen when he came out. He was gone for how long? Two minutes? And he was just like, yeah, it's not working, because he wanted to catch them or yeah. maybe watch. And then he says, a squirrel was bugging me, so let's – and then that's it. And then he just walks back and then he sees them, sees the bear, and then he gets jogged off. And then that's it. That's yeah, the, all for, the, the, for a big bear, he moves pretty fast too. Well, J- Jason moves, Michael Myers moves fast. That's it. He might be like one of the original, you know, serial killers. Walks slow at first and then does a quick shuffle and catches up and murders. The, the breathing gets me. I mean, the, it, it, it sounds like Darth Vader when he's, he's and he sounds like he need, like he has an asthma problem. <laughs> That's all you hear the whole time. I mean, the they're gone in five minutes, but their casting had to have been like uh, the director had to have been planning like, oh, I have these three up and coming actors that are all they're all Hollywood royalty descendants, all yeah. three of them. So um, I, I, it had to have been a plan just to get butts and seats, even back then. Like, like now, now it's it's a marketing ploy to get people to see this oh, yeah. cut together movie. But I feel like even in 
1983, it had to have been in the director's plan. Like, okay, we got a Dern, we got a Sheen, we got a Clooney. But would they have killed him off that fast? Well, they weren't they weren't anybody yet, you know. Like, yeah, no, I know. Well, they killed Drew Barrymore quickly in Scream. Well, that well, that was that was the that shock to you, different. Jamie. A little, <laughs> that's a shock death because you because they marketed her as like the final girl. Mm. Hmm. Sort of. So then, now we get to meet the Park Strangers. These guys are these guys are something. So we meet Nick Hollister, and yeah, um, yeah. There's there's some good names in this. But, we, uh, when when they were driving with the green screen in the background, oh, that yeah. that was amazing. That was awesome. But I love how like he's. He's new. Again, there's a lot of similarities which we'll touch throughout this whole thing between this and Jaws. This one, he's obviously Brody because he was talking about uh, his his second-in-command, Pete. He says to him, yeah, they're scared of you. And he's like, oh, yeah? Good, they should be. And then the guy talks about how how because he was worried about the concert. And then the guy says, yeah, but you handle it. You know, the Statue of Liberty used to get a million visitors. And then he goes, yeah, but most of 20,000 at a time, you know, and he called it the Liberty. Is that what people call it? I don't think so. No. <laughs> what do you want to do today? You want to go to Liberty? I was just like, oh, and then I was like, holy crap, Brody worked in Manhattan. So look at that. Lots of similarities. So even from like right now, like early in the movie, I'm just like, okay, so we got this. And then next, we have an Oscar winner in the next scene. And it's Louise Fletcher, who was Nurse Ratchet in One Flew. How did she? It's amazing. Whoever the casting she, director was, was unreal. She looks like, I mean, like, I, I all I saw was Nurse Ratchet. The whole, every scene she was in, she was Nurse Ratchet. I couldn't get past it. I think you're going to say um, you saw Mayor Vaughn. Same, I mean, same role. She looks basically the same in everything she's in. It's yeah. Well, I, I, that's what it is. I mean, I think she, you know, she had the old school hairstyle, you know, with the, and it's, she looked like Nurse Ratched. I mean, she also had an attitude, you know, throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, if you're casting Louise Fletcher, you're gonna have a tude. That's what you're casting for. Right. Now, what was her job? So she's she was superintendent of the parks. What was her power? She said later in the movie that she misses Washington. Do you think she was like a Senator or something or her husband was because she f- so power hungry, even in the next scene, she's on the phone with the Senator and she goes, yeah, Saturday, you have to attend my rock concert. So what is she a superintendent? And she's like, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out her, her like significant. I, cu- I couldn't understand. I, I what- figured that she was just like a, like a government like she just she oversaw like the the park, like she's just she's just like a bureaucrat bureaucrat, you know. Yeah, but was it was it a money thing? Like it was it, she or like what was her? You know, obviously she wanted to impress the senator, so that was like her main goal. She wanted she was bringing big people there, so like what was her end goal? You know, that's. I think it was like a. I mean, it's not explained very well, but it explain had to, it, baby. It had Give to, it to us. It's got it's some blend of. We've got the park, you know, where we use it for, you know, camping and you know, all the, all the national park stuff. But now 
Now we can throw a giant concert. We can get extra revenue coming in. We got the tax money coming in over here. And now we have extra money coming in for concerts and different events. And she wants everything to go off without a hitch and, and, and be perfect and, and, and show that this extra money, there's this other avenue of cash coming in. So, oh, yeah. No, it sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> but I, you know what though? I, I, I almost want to lean towards Doug where she was the government because she's trying to almost like get back into a, a governmental role, you know, by bringing a center here and like, you know, like I feel like she's trying to get her job back or something. Ooh, I got it. Maybe, maybe. A, a shamed Senator. The, Ooh, no, I was going to say maybe he's running for president and she wants to be like in charge of the national parks. See, that's something. Give us something. And here's one thing that uh, now reading the note, that I wrote, I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. So she says, you have to come to my concert on Saturday. This movie takes place in one day, right? When is there any break that shows? Well, like- it's, it's hard to tell because there's a scene with the four guy, the four hunters that play grab ass. When they're talking to each other, it looked like there was sun, sun on one side and it was dark on the other side. Yep. So it's hard like, to tell. <laughs> one guy, it's like three in the afternoon. The other guys, it's, it's dusk. So I don't know. It might have been two days. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. They wouldn't do like one little, unless again, some of the footage definitely something happened to it. So I, I just wonder if they had that cut because I'm like, wait, Saturday. That's 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 the whole day. Like, because I feel like right from here is when we meet Samantha Owens, head of bear management. <laughs> that's a job, I guess it is, but. <laughs> And it's Deborah Raffin, who previous sequel, Death Wish 3, she hooked up with Bronson. Well, I think, she, it, I think she's pretty great in this. Oh, let me, yeah. So let me ask you. So so she's head of bear management. What happens if there's no more bears in the woods, in the park? She doesn't have a job anymore? She'll have to find bears to bring in. <laughs> <laughs> she'll just pretend. Maybe she'll walk around like the people that do for like Sasquatch. She'll get like the like the shoes <laughs> like oh i spotted one over there i gotta stay you gotta pay me i don't know mm. <laughs> but how about the people that are in the car again there's so many scenes in this movie that i know there has to be maybe not this one later there's one that's definitely missing footage or something but oh. <laughs> the british reporter is like flirting with her she's like yes i do like my job and then there's like a girl that was an extra that they probably found in Hungary. She's like, what do you mean we're in danger? <laughs> she had like this weird <laughs> accent in the back seat. And I'm like, what happened? And then hard cut. There's a lot of cuts in this movie. I get it. Ha- it makes sense because it, it does make the movie. One thing I do like about cuts like that, it makes the movie feel quicker because you think it's a longer scene. So this movie, even though it is only, a, you know, 68 minutes it feels shorter because you're watching something and it goes to something else and it goes a little bit faster because of that so i get it now, I, I said before i watched this twice the second time being earlier today the, the first night i watched it when it ended i was like wait it's over <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh man i'm definitely gonna watch this again i've got all the time in the world for this for this one no, watch it twice. Yeah, this, this is definitely a movie that I like just the splicing and just the, the, the scene. Just it, it really is amazing how they made a movie out of it, to oh, be honest with you. You know, yeah. 
you know, and, and again, that's that goes along of, you know, the move because it, it just you could see everything where it went and, and it, I mean, it fits, but it just it's like, all right, we got to do something with what they have. And it was it's amazing. Yeah. They did a great job. I mean, like, we, really know, did. we can joke all day long about it. Correct. But they well. really busted their asses. <laughs> no, they you know, they made a movie out of like really nothing. You know, they had, you know, bits, pieces here and there and, and they were able to <laughs> figure it out. I mean, uh, that's just, you know, give them kudos, but yeah. <laughs> I will say this too. I wanted to bring this up before with like the opening shots, the nature shots that are, you know, dropped in throughout being that that's the first thing we saw. I was like, Ooh, this is going to be rough going from like crisp digital filming to whatever was going to come. And I have to say for the most part, aside from a few things here and there, some weird like night and day shot, you know, back and forth shots going on. The restoration is pretty damn good for a movie that's been in what film canisters for like 35 years. Yeah. It was like a company out of London. She brought it to London and like, I think like 2017, 28. So, so the way this worked was so fast because she had to take over her husband's gallery in 92 in Manhattan when he passed away. And then it was always in the back of her mind because it was such a big thing for her to, you know, a woman, a woman that left socialist Hungary and then ends up coming back to represent a film company to be like the Hungarian representative for the film. And then all these years later, she just said, like, I got to get back into it. But yeah, no, that's what I said. I was like, I love that it feels like an older film, but it looks good. It, I don't know. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's great. Well, again, I wonder if you don't know the story. Like, would would people like just think twice about it? I mean, I know some of it's obvious, and again, because we know. But I mean, would they just think it's just like a B movie? Just you know, you know, like I wonder if people would really understand like all that was, you know, involved. When you like, say B movie, do you mean Bouchard? Which we're not up to him yet, but uh, he that's an A that's an A acting job. Paul Bunyan. He's Paul Bunyan in this movie, without he's, a doubt. He's Paul Bunyan mixed with like a weird French Canadian <laughs> mixed with some... The Rock. He's The Rock uh, before The Rock. He lifted a tree up. Yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> Over a car. <laughs> Taller than he is. The way he lifted that, it was just like the tree was lifting so high. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. There's there's some There's some odd racial stuff going on with his performance <laughs> a, well. a little bit a little Which bit. they kind of address in the movie those other hunters the grab ass hunters <laughs> so we'll, we'll we? get to that when we get like a whole <laughs> we get like a whole good exposition yeah we uh, haven't even met the grab assers yet no we haven't they're coming up soon, but we, so we meet the next part we meet one of the grab assers that never we never saw him grab an ass but we just see this hobo guy again these guys are again. If there's a bear, even if there isn't this ginormous bear, there's just a little bear, uh, a medium bear. I wouldn't get drunk with other people firing guns, or I don't know. But when we just see a hobo guy, which I thought he was just a homeless guy, honestly, and then he just like goes to like piss, and then you see this big bear arm <laughs> come out and throw him into a bush, and then the scene's o- and then the scene's over. The so arm looked like Ch- yeah. it looked like Chewbacca. <laughs> when, you, when, when you see the arm go across the screen, it's like ridiculous. But there, there seem to be a lot of people in the woods. Like now, they know that they're, 
there were, there were people murdered there, you know, George Clooney, all them. Don't they have any like danger tape or anything like blocking off the woods at all? Well, they have all the signs that remember okay. Samantha okay. said. The signs are small. Yeah, the signs are kind of small, you know, and if you're not paying attention, you can go right by it. But I mean, like, don't you have caution tape or anything or something? It's not on the budget. That is why Elaine Dragon <laughs> is trying to impress the senator to get a little more money next year. Yeah, I forgot how expensive caution tape is. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like the guy. Did you did you recognize this guy? The guy that was playing Charlie, the guy that was running the concert, Dick Anthony Williams. He's in a ton of stuff. He was in the jerk yeah. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, he's he's like a a long running character actor. Yo, yeah, yeah. I saw his credits. I'm like, I I must have seen banana. him. And then we get, uh, then we meet the daughter. So the daughter was in Valley Girl. She's in a few other movies, but I love how we meet her. It's because Charlie fires a girl. He's like, man, she's late for the last time. <laughs> Wait, so, so why was she hanging around there? I don't know. Was she just a right. she was just for the concert? Right. Okay. But she was just hanging around doing nothing. And he's like, oh, you want to work? Like, doesn't know what her capabilities, or what her abilities are. Just say, hey, just... he just needs to answer some phones. <laughs> oh, and then she says, I know both dial and push button. Well, he, he goes, what he, he said something like, do you know anything about phones or right. something like that? <laughs> You're hired, kid. Now, somebody seeing this now, they'll be like, people didn't know how to use a phone back then. Well, there's two ways. There is a and then dial. Mm-hmm. Fancy, but how about the size of it? I wrote uh, Leah Thompson I wrote, slash Ali Sheedy vibes from her. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, she's totally. And then essential eighties girl coming through. And then she went from this again, another great casting. I know she was only in a few things, and then she started to stop acting in like the nineties. But again, Valley Girl, memorable role in that. But how about <laughs> Charlie? The size of the radio. That thing was monstrous, <laughs> and it was attached to him. So. Would she now get that? I, I guess she, that's hers. But we didn't see her use it for the rest of the movie. It should have came down to that. She didn't work the rest of the movie. They didn't, yeah, they didn't show her on the phones. <laughs> She's too busy dancing and, and sitting on boxes. That would have been a great scene. Perfect scene. We can add it two minutes to the movie. She has to like call her dad or something on his phone. And Charlie's like, maybe like under something stuck. He's like, call him, call him. And she's like, I lied. I don't know how to use the phone. <laughs> and then put me on pretty, the spot. Pretty, pretty <laughs> soon, yeah. Pretty soon. Now we're going to meet all the, the grab, the grab ass boys. Is that what they're called? Uh, yeah, sure. That's that, that sounds good. I like it. It's just some grab ass boys. <laughs> Ain't doing no harm. Just sitting in the woods. I, I it took me a, it took me a couple of minutes to figure out, you know, Charlie's dad uh Uncle Grandpa over there. Grandpa, you know, Wonka, whatever whatever his name is. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe. You know, I I you know I'm I I sort I'm like is he like for some reason I thought he was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I'm like I'm, I can't think I can't think and then Ram uh, the first blood came right on my head. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Yeah. And he seems to play the same role, like a real jerk. He plays it well. <laughs> he does. A bear mind its business, Rambo mind its business. Just say, hey, let's just piss it off, you know? <laughs> God. So then the next poacher, again, all these guys have that vibe of, I don't know, like 
wrestlers. They're all, I don't know, the, the guy that we see next that has that pretty cool motorcycle, when he's snooping around, he finds a hat in the bush, he sees the bear, and then he runs. But the first thing he does, he drops his freaking gun. Maybe because <laughs> yeah. he's drunk. Why would he, he do that? It. Also, the motorcycles they had there, they're more like like dirt bikes. Like they don't seem like the dirt bike riding kind of guys. And then the sidecar, I, I don't know if that'd be good to be riding around in the woods. Oh, not on trail. I know. I thought of that too, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> At first I'm like, that's cool. But then if the trail gets skinny, that guy gets. Yeah. Imagine that like rocking over like big tree roots and stuff. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> Again, another quick cut right to uh, Elaine Dragon. She's given uh that's why I think it's the same day. There's no cut even here. There's no darkness yet because she's given shit to Charlie and she's like, I hope this concert. And he's like, I've done like tw- uh, a few dozen of these concerts. There's never been an issue. I've done this before. She's like, this is really important to me. And she's like, giving him a shit. And I'm like, man, this is just like Maravon. It's a, it's crazy. And she's great. She's, she's great in this role. But I'm yeah. just like, wow, the, similar it's smart because obviously it worked in those movies but to a t at, in some points yeah this is like this is like the first one it's jaws on land but this one leans a lot more into like the 80s tropes of horror whereas the first one like i said before it's a little more straightforward it's a little more it, it takes itself more seriously it's it's more of like a tr- it's more of like okay here's a killer bear movie this is like monster bear 80s absurdity sequels baby that's what's out it's second movie bigger bigger Oof. and wilder do you do you think the tagline had like they would have used like some kind of joy's reference for this just when you thought it was safe to go in the woods going to woods <laughs> did you imagine that <laughs> they write it down they're like you son of a bitch. That's the same thing. It's like, oh shit, I forgot. They just copy and paste it and they just scratch out water and they put woods. God, that would, it would work. It would work though. Hell yeah, it would. So, so you guys so, know. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Doug. No, go. I want to get, I want to get into the casting a little bit. I texted sure. you about this when I was watching it, but so Louise Fletcher and uh, Mark, Mark Alamo, who's one of the grab ass hunters. He's the one with the mustache who's, whose brother's killed. Yeah, he's the one that's crying about his brother. So the, uh, you know, I'm a Trekkie. The two of them were on the entire run of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Shut up, as villains. So Mark Alamo played. He played an alien villain. He's like a di- he's like a dictator type, and so he's like he's like he's like mega bad guy through the whole series. She plays like a she's like a religious like a pope type kind of character who's she's like morally gray and but the two of them on the whole run of the show basically had many many scenes together they had to have talked about making this movie because <laughs> when that show started it was only like 10 12 years after this yeah they had to have been talking about this movie on the set at least once well he probably got the job because of this movie they probably saw some of his stills and they're like <laughs> you know what this guy's perfect his acting is amazing he's a, he was like he was in like a lot of like character stuff like this, like bit things. And then he slowly became like more of a, like a TV lead mo- mostly because of Star Trek, but wow. He's also under 10 tons of makeup on that, you know? <laughs> and this is why you're our five timer. I'm back, baby. Well, right. It's still four time until we figure out what the oh. is. Oh, no, I, 
I was scrolling. Uh, uh, Return of Sleepaway Camp. How oh. Did we forget? oh yeah, jeez. How could we oh, forget Alan? <laughs> Hashtag don't forget Alan. So, so the guy. It, it is funny. I wonder if they did mention that, like in between takes. What if they? Because they didn't. Maybe they never up. saw each other. Let's. This is fantasy in my head. Just now, I thought of. <laughs> so they never saw each other. They're like getting coffee or having a drink, and it's like, man. It's a lot better than that shitty bear movie I did ten years ago. <laughs> Wait, you thank goodness, no, no, thank goodness, no one's ever gonna see it. <laughs> you were in that too. <laughs> but this movie's awesome, so let's not. But uh, so then, so so Drew is the guy that comes back on the motorcycle that we saw find the body. He comes back to say Luke's brother is dead. Again, why do these guys have names? I don't. know. There's a lot of these names in this movie. I'm like, they all sound the same kind of names. There's like Steve, Luke, Tina, Charlie, Nick, Samantha. <laughs> it's like the whitest friggin' names possible. It's probably the top 10 baby names in 1983 or something. <laughs> but uh, so then they talk about uh he's kind of like mourning for one second. And then when they describe the bear, this is where I cut it from. And I cut it really bad because he's like almost looks like he's dying. But that's when he's like. Get a lot of money for that bear, probably a hundred grand. And I'm like, holy crap! And the fact that it's like 1983, they talk about like San Francisco, they're talking about like the Asian community, like using the gallbladder as an aphrodisiac. Like, that is what this movie is about. So, that what, what were they there for before that? Before they found out, grab ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is their grab ass hangout in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> they can't do it at their house. Their wives would be there. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Steve. I want to slap your ass. <laughs> I just love how we'll get to that. We'll, we'll dive fully in. <laughs> All right, full disclosure, guys. I did not notice any grab ass. No, no. There was they, when they were dancing out. around. There was one guy that grabbed the other guy's ass. Oh yeah. No. No. Okay. Okay. I, I must I'm have, glad. Must have blinked. I'm glad you. I'm not the only one that saw it. <laughs> and actually, and and what the the one guy Steve, speaking of Halloween, Charles Cyphers, he's yeah. the sheriff in Halloween. Halloween, yeah, uh, that's cr- that. He's and Steve. Then Death Wish Two. He's like another sequel guy. Bunch of stuff. He's great. So they, he's the, a, the cast and director definitely got people that had some credentials. Oh, Cyphers, dude. he's a he's a John Carpenter go to. He's in like half of his movies. Unreal. The kid, the cast wow. character did amazing. Yeah. Wow. Imagine what this could have been. <laughs> if that came, if it came out, then I wonder. I don't know. I if wonder it was what a full it, movie. They didn't have to splice it together. Well, considering I, the first one was one of the biggest movies at the time. Yeah. You know. I mean, so the, I mean, the first one's not great. You know. No, no, no but it, but it was like for the time, movie. people I guess were flock to flock to it. They 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 loved it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it, it's right in the uh, the wake from Jaws, so to speak. So, oh, you know, nice pun. I like that. Killer <laughs> animals were huge in the late seventies. So, so a connection. Uh, he looks like Grandpa Joe, the one guy with the mustache. His character name. You ready? Joe. Papas. Papa. Grandpa. Oh. Papa. Grandpa. What? I, I thought you could have a better connection than that. What do you mean, Papa? Is it a t- what t- Italian people's right? What'd you call your grandpa growing up? You used to say Papa. Grandpa. I said Grandpa. 
Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> me too. Out of town. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> Some people do. So you're okay. saying that there's a connection to Grizzly 2 and Willy Wonka? Same I really wish it was the same guy. Like I was really hoping on when I went as when I went on IMDb. Maybe that's why he he was in bed all this time. He was mauled by a bear and he couldn't get up. It's the, it's the fate that Grandpa Joe deserves. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so again, just going back, it's so funny when we, I watched this movie twice and going back through your notes while we talk about it. That's why I love doing this. I love sequels and I love just going back and diving in. Cause one thing I, again, I forgot. So why the hell is time magazine there? I understand it's a huge concert. It's at a national park summit national park. They didn't use They wanted to be a like Yellowstone type, but I guess they couldn't use the name, but time magazines. They're taking photos of her. The superintendent of a park is going to be, I, I'm not, that's I'm not, why she, she must've been something before. Yeah. It, uh, I agree. I, she had to be something big before, and then maybe this is way, her way of maybe getting back in there, and that's why she wanted to impress the other guy. Yeah, there had to be like some, even if they did another like exposition throwaway line, like she's like, well, it kind of did because she they said, "Do you miss Washington?" So I guess that makes sense. But the fact that they're taking photos, or and then in my head, I'm like, are these just like the back page photos, like in the middle, or like where is she on the cover? Like what is this? They were weird photos. She was just standing like right against, you know, later we see as like the electrified fence. <laughs> well, I think back then, like, you know, it, it, the, the way they made the look, concert look, it looked like a Woodstock, you know, I mean, it had so many people. So it was probably like, you know, like a whole, I want to say it was probably like a, a definitely a full day concert. That's why it had to be more than one day. Cause the concert was only filmed for one day. No, I know. But I mean, but it's, it's, it's light out and early at a concert and gets darker later on. So it had to be a full day concert, like, like a Lollapalooza oh, yeah. kind of thing. Um, so that's why I like, the, I think this movie's all one day, except for the opening with Clooney and Dern and all that getting killed. That's, that's the night before yeah. the night. And then we get a whole Saturday and just the mayhem that ensues. No, I, I totally agree with that. That's what I understand. Lane said like, Hey, Saturday, you got to come to my concert. She'd say, Hey, what are you doing today? Come to my concert. Because if you think about it, she so okay, we have to talk about the 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 line about so Nick goes to Charlie and he talks about they're going to the security for the concert because the bear and he's like, Hey, we're gonna need some more guys on patrol for the bears, so can you handle it? And he's like, Yeah, I handle a bunch of these, but then then he got really creepy. He was like, Oh, you're Chrissy's daddy. He's like, You better watch out, man. She's cute, and I'm like, wow. I would punch somebody in the face. Like I got, I was raging hearing that. I'm like, somebody that said that to Emerson, uh, my daughter. I, uh, oof. Well, would you yeah, prefer Charlie? them to say there she's ugly? Would she's she ugly? Would you prefer that? Well, then that's double punches. That's two. <laughs> that's combo. That's the, that's two ends of the spectrum here. <laughs> Just say she's nice, but uh, no, so that was kind of weird. I want to talk about. Yeah, I want to talk about those crowd scenes. So we oh. get the big crowd scenes of the, at the concert. And then it looks like you're right. It looks like Woodstock. And then we're cutting to like scenes behind the stage where like people are just talking <laughs> and you're just hearing them. Like there's nothing going on. There's no concert. <laughs> they were silenced. There was, there was, yeah. It, the crowd would be deafening. 
Yep. They're just these people are just strolling behind the stage talking. And then the next scene is music playing again. Oh yeah. <laughs> But again, I, I, if you watch it again, you'll see there's, there's a whole section of, of concert goers that look like, first of all, they would never go there for a concert of what, what music was playing. Like they were, they were there for Nazareth. You could tell like these people were not there to see any of the other garbage that was on stage. Uh, I wouldn't say garbage. We'll get into the bands. I, I, well, I mean, your garbage might be different than my garbage, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so Nick and his daughter, again, we hear about all he said was talk, all, all one throwaway line was like, yes, yeah, her mom's not around anymore. Is like one line that he, he says, but when he surprises her, when he comes up behind her and the duck sound comes, that's like ADR. I, I don't, he's still alive. So maybe they called him to do that or somebody did it. Is this mouth's not moving. And then yeah. he goes, she's like, I got a job. And he goes, I heard you're a gopher, go for this and go for that. <laughs> you go for your old man. Go where? What does that mean? Things are different back then. What does that mean? You go for your old man. And then I wrote, oh, and then she goes, in a big way. You go for your (laughs) old man in a big way. And then she said, oh, this is where he says this throwaway line. He said, oh, your mom would be so proud of you. I don't know, getting a job, I guess. And then I go, maybe she died at the Liberty. Liberty accident. I don't know. Maybe something fell from the top, from the crown. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so then again, right back to the, the hunters. Uh, they find a great spot. They're going to build a pit to catch the bear. And then again, well, they, yeah. They learned from Paul Bunyan. Yeah, so that's like the next scene. So I'll cut to that because there's some of these parts in this. It's like really quick, but yeah, no, he uh, uh, ciphers. He does this whole exposition about Bouchard because yeah. we already hear about Bouchard in like the scene before that. Correct, correct. But we can talk about it now. But it's just like, yeah, he's this French Canadian guy. He's the best hunter. And then when we hear from uh, Charlie Ciphers, it's like, yeah, his whole family is murdered by bears, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God! But see, you know what though? I think it would have been better if they sh- they did that part and then introduced him, yeah. like because yeah. you know, like they already introduced him, so you already saw what kind of guy he is, and then they went over the story. I think like the buildup of the story of Bashard, you know, would have been so much better. Oh yeah, Start, no. started dressing like an Indian, talking <laughs> like an Indian. Yeah, what? Because you know what? He was he was already dressed as an Indian at that yes. point. He so was, you know, again, yeah, it, it kind of it was almost like that scene was cut in the wrong spot because that should have been me first, and then w- yeah. we saw him. Um, but before you even get into Bashard, the one question I had is: so you had the the park ranger who wanted to save the bear, and then you had the guy that wanted to, was going to kill the bear, right? Yeah. And she's and he she she gave everybody tranquilizers, right? But she said bullets may not stop him, or his his skull is too big or too thick. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so what is a tranquilizer going to do? Maybe so if a bullet's not going to pierce this guy, what? I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it, a needle can fit through. <laughs> you you think a tranquilizer for the size of this one tranquilizer dart is gonna is gonna affect this this large bear? You know what? Yeah, I think we found a hole here, plot hole. Just well, there's definitely a few holes, but I'm just saying. Like when she said that, I was like, so bullets can't penetrate his skull because it's so thick. But yeah, let's use tra- give everybody tranquilizers. 
multiple darts. Your veins are, you know, right under your skin as long as it gets into the bloodstream. This, this is a King Kong of bears. I mean, I, I, I don't. It needs a lot of tranquilizer darts. Yeah, get, you know, get a bunch of guys out there shooting darts. <laughs> yeah, and work. the line when they have that one-on-one when it's just Nick and Samantha, it's really troubling because I know she loves bears, and he's already like pissed that people died, Nick, and he's like, "Let's do this," and she's like, "Bullets is backup," and this is like just before they go outside and introduce everything. When she looks at him and goes, what if someone murdered Chrissy when she was young? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I understand. They're animals are people too, you know, sort of. But well, she, she said uh, the grizzly's not guilty of anything. She, the grizzly killed four people at this point. <laughs> So what is he not guilty of? But she that's that's what she said. Like she was I think she was so blinded, uh, you know, being, you know, an animal lover that she really could care less about anyone dying. Yeah. No, she had no she had no care in even later. But again, kind of something maybe cut wise, she changes really quick within like it's like within like a scene. She does, but like okay, she's running you're there. She's running for her life from the bear. The oh. guy saves her. And then she gets mad at him for shooting the bear. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, she's a mess. That was really, she's was like, that's bear. a medium size. It's a male. Why would you <laughs> but, do that? But she was running for her life. What do you, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, that made no sense. So then, so even before, when we talk, when we just talked about the last scene, right now we're about 20 minutes in and they didn't even, they just found the bodies of Laura, uh, Dern, Sheen, and Clooney. This is when he's like, screw the tranquilizers. We're going to go right to the bullets. And then the first time we heard the name, Bouchard is Pete talks about him. Cause I guess they knew each other when they were both in Canada, but this is like the first real, like mayor Vaughn type line. I know I was saying earlier that Elaine, uh, Dragon, she was acting like it sort of, but again, she must be somebody huge. Because she says in the earlier scene, she says, I'm the superintendent of the parks. But Nick goes and says, hey, three people died. I really think we need to shut down the concert. She's like, no, no, no. And he's like, but you can you can call the state troopers in. And I'm like, why can't he call this? Right. Park rangers have power. You think the superintendent of the park can that may know that what kind of power does the park ranger have? This is the scene where he's yelling to her from the Jeep, right? Yes. Yes. One of the weirdest conversations in the whole movie. <laughs> he, he is so riled up about these deaths. And she's just like, yeah, you do it. I'm not dealing with it. I'm like, what? That's it's two totally different energies in this scene. Well, that's kind of Maravonish when yes. Brody's going nuts at the beach and Maravon just like, hi. He's like waving at people walking past. <laughs> and he's like so even killed. And he's like, we can. It's it's Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> like, so I get like why she was doing that. But again, the fact that he has to go to her to say, hey, let's make sure that we, you know, call the state troopers. Dude, do it on your own. Pretend to be throw your voice. Hi, this is Elaine Dragon. Something. <laughs> Do something, but don't do nothing. Your freaking daughter, we'll get to it later. Your freaking daughter's at this work in this concert, and you're just like, all right, I'm just gonna leave. 
We talked about it a million times, but we have to mention it. This is the scene where the grab ass happens. And it all starts off with them saying, hey, did you get a load of the new park ranger? And then they all... So they, got, they all got excited. And they all started dancing in a circle. Well, they weren't dancing. They were making fun of him like he was, yeah, he's got a real stick up his butt. And Grandpa Joe starts, oh, that's right. and he goes, whoop. And then he starts. No, walking. it wasn't a stick. It, it, it wasn't a stick up. Well, no, he said I, something like almost. Oh, no, I know. Right? That's what he was going for. But he said, I thought one of them said, like, he's got something, something up his butt. Yeah. I think bef- what he was saying was he, he got something in the. It, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe a, a male on male action kind of thing. Yeah, that's what they were all doing. Them walking around. What, right, why and that's what he said. Yeah. Why was the one guy mocking? You know, mocking the guy like it's not a mocking, calling like a homosexual. But when the one guy goes past, they're all doing a dance in a circle. The one guy is like a gay waiter, and he's like, Woo! and I'm like, oh my god. And then at one of them, it was like maybe that's how they always start their game of grab ass. They pick <laughs> somebody they all mutually don't like, and then they like push what they're really feeling onto it. Then they go in a circle two times. And then the one guy just, dude, I can't believe Hold on. You know what? I have to be honest. You know, a lot of detail of what goes on for a game of grab ass. You're looking at grab ass champion (laughs) (laughs) summer camp. All right. Whatever. But so here's, here's something. Do you think if we could get the script, does it say in there, Papa's grabs ass? Or I don't. I don't think Papa's grabbed the ass. I thought it was Papa's. No. No, I don't. He was the one walking with a stick up there. I think um, it was the, it was one of the other guys. I think. I have to watch it again. <laughs> but no. Oh, like you I, don't know I'm exactly sure. where the spot is. I'm sure it says something like you know, guys, horseplay or or you know, whatever. <laughs> and, you, you say horse play, Doug says grab ass. Same thing. You say <laughs> potato. <laughs> but no, that I wonder if that would that be great if that was improvised. And the guy just goes, boop. And they're like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> but just that whole, God. And then, yeah, that's the whole thing. And then I love, wasn't it weird that, again, they were so drunk. And then they just stop. And they're like, hey, what if that ranger finds Harvey's body? <laughs> I'm like, wait. So during this time, you know your brother's dead like within like a few hundred yards probably, and you don't like go to recover the body. No sure enough, grab ass comes first no every time. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then they find that body and then, you know, Ranger Pete, man, this is just, this sucks. Could you imagine this whole scenario just like coming up on these guys? Again, I don't know if they know that there's four guys, or maybe they thought there was five, but he sees the three guys. He's like, all right, hold up. And then the one guy just comes from behind, knocks him out. Ugh. He, he he got very close to him very quickly and very quietly. Like you're there in the woods. I'm so, I I he should have heard him. Well, so he he's not much, he's not much of a ranger. But he knew Bouchard, so maybe Bouchard taught him the ways. I, I guess, um, but yeah, I mean, what was their point? Like, I mean, like, first of all, why was the ranger like? I guess they can't have the guns out there, or there are a lot because there there are multiple Coaching. people. Yeah, but a lot of people were. That guy in the beginning was. I mean, they had a few people out there. Well, they couldn't kill a guy from stock footage from a few years ago. <laughs> they couldn't arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but then, but then they knock him out. Yeah, they take everything from. They panic, and then this is when they go. They they all start like sort of yelling, like "Get out of here!" And they're like, "Woo!" <laughs> they're going away <laughs> in the sidecar. Now this is Papas was in the sidecar. Yes, so he was too drunk. That's how they decided. You think like the the winner of grab ass gets the sidecar? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> Oh my god! And then poor Pete wakes up with just his flashlight, just his flashlight. And this again, I I would love I would love to if they could have the second unit and had the guy the bear suit that was made that just for some reason wasn't working, or uh, the medium sized bear that they had because this the chase scenes are pretty cool. But if you could have saw more bear, it would have like. You know, gave to the 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 fear of. Oh, it. We saw a lot of bear uh, facial expressions throughout the movie. We did, we did see him just, or the side shot, which we'll get into. That was a little <laughs> something, but he's running like really casual at first, and then he books, and it's really like I, I don't know. It looks great, and then where does he run? The one place you don't run in the cave, the bear's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a bright idea. Where do you go, man? I guess you got to go another, somewhere. That was another sequence that cut between night and day a few times. Yep. Yes, it did. Right, you climb a tree. The, the bear, I mean, that's a big bear to climb a tree. He can climb a tree. What do you mean? Just because he's big? He's probably strong as other bears. He's too heavy. He, the, 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 the tree would bend. He's too tall. He'd eat him right out of the tree like a T-Rex. <laughs> that is true. Because they said... Like in the earlier scene when he's like, how high are the claw marks? And he said like 18, 18 feet. And the guy's like, oh, we can get 100,000 for that. <laughs> so, yeah, he couldn't have got up that quick. I don't know. But what a way to go. Bear. <sighs> Jesus. And then well, this, the, this, is the, this is the fifth murder. Yeah. And then now Samantha's really feeling it. This is when Correct. she's really sad. She's kind of like, well, she knew she knew the ranger. He was, he was, a, he was a nice guy. So, she, yeah. But the thing is, even if she said, "Hey guys, let's just kill this friggin' bear," they said in the beginning they never saw it. No matter what, they didn't even get to it with the tranks. So it's not like they were like searching differently with tranks right. versus the bullets. They just weren't good finders, you know, like really, because <laughs> there was no, there was nothing that could have been on her. But then we get it, baby. Then we get, oh, then we get National Geographic for five minutes. I was going to say, the, the 100%, we had the documentary of all the animals in the wild. Um, clear. You know, there's a lot of filler in this movie. Yeah. You know, a lot of filler. This I would love I knew, more I Bouchard. I could fast forward through today. Yeah. How much did you fast forward through, you think? I would say 15 minutes. Let's see. I got... I got through an, an hour and eight minute movie in, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes. Yeah, but you already saw it once. So you knew when to fast forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole concert can easily be fast forward. Yeah, uh, I, was, no. I was scrolling through that real quick. Speaking I, of, we, we, I think we need to get, I don't, I don't know how your notes flow, Doug, but we need to get into some more concert stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's 80% of the movie. So we're, we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, no, we are pretty much almost at the concert. <laughs> we are, no. But first, we have to finally like fully introduce Bouchard. So Nick and Sam, they're going after the five minute National Geographic. They go down this road, and then there's this huge branch, and right away they're they're saying, "Oh, this must be him." And then I'm not kidding. You know, if you're watching this on video, uh, if not, I'll describe the photo. He's standing there like Jamie's been saying, like Paul Bunyan. And in my head, I'm like, 
Do you think he was just waiting there for like 30 minutes? Every time you're in a car, he was just getting ready. Because <laughs> you think they were going for the Paul Bunyan? Seriously. I mean, like he, it, he got the ax. He's got, I mean, he's a big guy and he's got the, the shirt. I mean, he looks like Paul Bunyan. I wonder if they were really going for that kind of. It probably, I would think so. But what his look, I could have watched a horror movie with him. Oh yeah. As, Cause the, how intense his fit. He's such a phenomenal actor. We were like, you know, we watched Anaconda three. He was so barely in it, you know, but every time he was in it, you just like, I don't know. He just like steals it. Well, I, you know, I, it took me a while. I, I never knew he was the same one from Raiders of Lost Ark to Lord of the Rings. And it's like, you know, like he's so good that you forget who he is when he's, yeah. when he does some of these movies. That's how you know they're the good ones. Some I'm of these all, roles I'm you don't even jazz know. When I, when I see his name in the cast. Yeah. <laughs> And he's the fact we talked about him lifting the tree, but here it is, man. When, when she's talking about the grizzly and the size of it and like, she's starting to talk and he like cuts her off. He's like, you ain't seen a big grizzly miss bear management. Bouchard has seen it. And then she's going to do the measurements. And when he's asking the question, she's like, he's, they like zoom in on him. Cause he's like, holy shit. This is like the biggest He's so intense. Yeah. Now, Egan, you ready? It's concert time, baby. (laughs) So impossible. So, again, I don't know how many of those bands were not real. But from what I I read, it was definitely a Nazareth concert. And the the people that came there to see Nazareth didn't know they were fake bands on stage. Now, I don't know if all of them. I don't know which ones are fake. To me, they all sounded fake. Oh, no. Um, I think it's just one of them. What the Spice Girls one? They had a Spice no, Girls. That was the milk and the coconut song that we played before. <laughs> they they had a lot. I mean, they go, I don't know which one it was, but there was like but Nazareth had to sit the fans of Nazareth had to sit through this. Like, can you imagine? Like Yeah, no, there's a lot of scenes. You like you mentioned before, there's a lot of scenes of the crowd. Oh yeah. Where the bands are playing, you can see the crowd is like they're clapping along and they're like they're bopping a little bit, but they have no idea. Well, yeah. I wonder if I wonder who, if some of the is. of the of the extras were like in the front, so they they're the ones clapping. Because yeah, there's a, there's really a section of clappers, and then you have the section of people standing there doing like like shock. Like, what are we watching <laughs> right watching. now? <clears throat> what band is this? I don't know these lyrics. There's like Devo. Like one of them was like Devo. Whip it, you mean, like you know. You're about the dad band. I can't sing along to this. <laughs> I did like the dad band because they all look like dads. The guy in the keyboards had a giant afro. <laughs> the guy in the drums looked like he was like 60 years old, just retired. No, that no, that whole scene. But uh God, this like the only. You know what? That might have been Nazareth. The the one ba- I think Nazareth was in because they. They they kind of looked like that Nazareth. I, cause I oh, looked I them up. I didn't name in the credits when they show all the. Oh, bands they did. Because the they were the one band looked like a like a. They all had the long hair. Like I said, they they might have been like a rock band from the seventies. Um, I I could be wrong. So the one band, the one, this are we'll talk about it later. But this is like one scene that is not enough to like add up to lines at the end, like not too far out, but. When Chrissy is making eyes at the British singer in like the oh. short shorts, and then like, <laughs> all right, and and what a know. douche! 
Dude, I know, but it, just, it made no sense later in the movie. Like that's all we got as the audience for that part. And again, I get. I guess they just didn't have the footage because later when she sees him, we'll just talk about it now. When he's like running in the woods, where you think maybe he's going to get attacked by a bear, and Chrissy's waiting at his again. This is all the same day because he's at the soundtrack. Yeah. Then she, he's running, but then she's like, "I really like you," you know. And then he's, dude, what a dick. Well, to say like when he he, he goes, she goes to him and goes, "Am I a game, a laugh, a joke?" And then he just looks at it and goes, "Yes." Like he, there was no like, no, I mean, like really, like he could have like at least I dropped think, it a, a little something. Like no, he was, I was so waiting for her to start laughing. Like I, I like I was waiting for her to start laughing and him to start laughing. Like it was all a joke. Like right, oh, oh, oh I like you more than I'm letting on. No, no, he was serious. He's he was serious. Shit. <laughs> By the way. Doug, I don't know if you saw before. I have a whole section, and that's all it says. It's just Barry. <laughs> Barry. Because I could talk about him the rest of the night. The short oh, story. Yeah. The bite taken out of his ear. The jogging. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that when was he's weird. jogging. When he's jogging up to talk to her, he's listening to himself. He's listening, <laughs> he's listening to the song he recorded at Soundcheck impossible the bite out of his ear <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> that's vain because there's definitely there's a, there's definitely like a, a sex scene that was never filmed between them there's there was a lot they, they there's she just there's started working there there's a whole one-sided romance there that is missing it's just not it was just never filmed yeah there's just it's all over sends her packing he should at least give her like a band T-shirt autographed it, thrown it. Like at least Derek Jeter would give like autographs and like a gift basket or something. She just or at least like, explain why he's got a bite out of his ear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. All I could look at was his ear the whole time. They should have shot him from the other angle. This is my this is my good side. You know what? I feel like they mostly showed that one side to him because you did see the ear the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm Barry, baby. <laughs> I get out of here, you joke. <laughs> so then we go right to we see the you know the stereotypical Jamaican guy selling the weed, and he goes, "It's all the way from Hawaii." And why was the guy, there's always choices in movies. And again, was in the script or did the guy go to wardrobe and decide like, yeah, hey, I'm going to do this. But the roadie, he had a broken arm. He had just a broken arm out of the sling. He it wasn't even the sling in that part. And the guy goes to him. Yeah, this weed will rip your brains out. And I'm like, that's not a good, that's not a good sales pitch. You're trying to sell somebody and buy your product. <laughs> This weed's gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, I like that. No, that guy definitely had a broken arm, and they just used him. Hundred percent, his arm was actually broken. That was a that wasn't a choice. Oh, so you mean like in real life? Oh yeah. <laughs> if he hey, broke Barry, his arm on set, like, like a, he was like a set builder. He broke his arm. Yeah, and like they're like, whoa, whoa, don't sue us. We'll let you be in the movie. Want to be a movie star? No lines. Not one line. He's just like, you're talking about the guy that like he's trying to sell the weed to, right? Yeah, he's no, like, he has a line later. He shuts down a lane. He goes, you can't go back here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's oh, his Do you think he got his card with that? <laughs> oh, well, I guess now. Oh, he, he spoke. 
He spoke. And he spoke in dialogue. Yeah, he, no, he, he definitely got, got one. Right there. He's so the does he get it now? Oh, I wonder, do you get your SAG if it's not released? Ooh. We got to get a SAG expert. I got to call Kevin Kilner, who was the early interview. He was we, like we, we, we have had a lot of SAG questions. I mean, he definitely he definitely got a higher paycheck even without the movie getting released. So. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we've talked about SAG a lot in the show because we've, we, we've seen movies where – do you get SAG if you don't say a line because you're mute in a movie? I don't think so. But what if you're mute in real life? That's this guy not. loves these SAG questions, cartoon <laughs> questions. Well, we haven't had a SAG expert. We got to yeah, do cartoon characters get SAG? No, no, the voice actor does, but not <laughs> Wiley Coyote is a cartoon. I don't know about that. So you're saying Kermit doesn't get a SAG? <laughs> well, well, Kermit's real, <laughs> right? Does Jim, Henson, does Jim Henson have a SAG card? I guess. Yeah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> we need a SAG expert. That's it. So so the, the next scene, more concert. And then this is the concert part where, again, I don't think they had rights to summon the music because even uh, Toto Colo, uh, who sings Milk from a Coconut, the five girls, which hey, I'm a huge fan now, uh, later it's their song them singing but it's like for some reason it's either they didn't record it or because it didn't match the the next like montage of the bands nothing matched at all so i didn't know if that was like they couldn't obtain the rights or they didn't record it right at the time and could never match it up did you look and see if they had other songs besides that one toto colo yeah yeah they have to that one song has oh, what do you like mean have to four million views it does. It's four million milk and coconut fans. All right. That's all those views were you. <laughs> <laughs> I will listen to it and repeat. That'll be my new uh jogging song. But milk from a coke and the lines in that song, if you really listen to them, it's the bizarre. I, I really try not to listen to it, and I was trying to, you know, like with Egan, I was I I, I should have fast forwarded, but I wasn't paying attention. There was a lot of nonsense in this, this the concert. I, I couldn't listen to too long. Okay, so here's my favorite, guys. So I, I, I have them hidden behind me. <laughs> oh, man. What was this guy? Was that a choice? Was was that a choice to have not only his cut shirt, but cut up, and then his hair was all messy, and his first line was, Ow! he was like howling into the mic. The bands seemed weird. Like, they, you know, like, I don't picture, when did this take place? It's supposed to be the late 70s or early 80s? Well, it's 83. A lot of yeah, these are like, from what she told me, these are like experimental rockers from England that were brought over by the guy. I don't know about rockers, like, but. Yeah, but the guy that's the love interest of Chrissy, he was actually in a band. He actually got a lot of people in the uh, in Great Britain to actually fly out for this concert. Oh, wow. His fans. Wow. Very. Wow. Yeah. This, uh, well, we're, you know, we're in the weird, we're in that weird time of the 80s. It's like post punk, new wave, experimental, like, you know, we're moving on to like electronica and all that. So this is definitely, we're in the middle of it right here. Yeah, I don't know. The, the size of that crowd for this kind of music. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the 80s, I, I, Especially in Europe, this was huge. Like in it's yeah, it was huge in England and and like and like Middle Europe, <laughs> Middle Middle Earth. 
<laughs> Emily? John oh, Rice Davies. That's why he's there. <laughs> yeah, baby. So so then we get Bush, Bouchard, and it's already getting dark. You know, we're on a scene that's already starting to get dark, and it's the same friggin' night. And this is where he's setting the traps. And I love that he did the outfit change. Did they watch him change? Did he just say, Bouchard must go behind tree now? And then he changed real quick? Or is that just something that went over? Lots of questions for that. Well, I also like when they say, I think she said, or he said, they said, uh, I want to see a bear trap in action. It's a bear trap. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, what I, I, you know, I, I didn't realize what I, he goes, I want to see the trap in action. So I wasn't thinking it was going to be a bear trap. I'm thinking like it was some kind of high, like high tech way to kill the bear. No, it was a simple bear trap. He put a stick in there and it, it crushed it. Well, he worked at the Liberty for all those years. They didn't have bear traps at the Liberty, baby. Maybe for the giant racks on the subway. Oh, <laughs> on fire tonight. <laughs> but there were some, there were some great lines that he said when he was setting the traps. Grizzly loves the rotten meat. And he goes, a pine needle falls, and the eagle sees it, and the bear, she smells it. <laughs> I just you think he made up some of these lines. Oh, hell yeah. Dude, he was so into this character. He and, was. Oh, and he still loves it. The entertain if you read the Entertainment Weekly, uh it's unbelievable how much he loved this character. He was oh, what's, it, not the, what's not the love? He was giving it his all. Yeah, he was. One, there's not one moment where he's he's slacking off. Well, this is why he got he was able to get the role as uh, Gimli. I mean, they saw this and they said, you know what? That's our man, a guy with an X. It's, I mean, it's, it's wild to me that this is after, this is after Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. He's already in a huge Spielberg movie and then he does this. But I guess it's the same idea as like Louise Fletcher being in Cuckoo's Nest and then this. Yeah, but I think, yeah, but with, with Raiders of the Lost Ark, he was such a side character. You know, he wasn't, a, I mean, you know, he, yeah, he was yeah. the he was a comic relief kind of like you know like so this was like his action role. Sure. Yeah, you know? no, he's a side character, but that's I mean, that was like the biggest movie in the world. Oh yeah, and I love that Nick's such a city boy. That's him doing his more Brody, like Brody not like him boats. Yeah, this guy's a park ranger. He goes, man, this guy loves hills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that actually cracks me up. So we were just talking about. Oh yeah, so so again, Bouchard. He shows him with the trap, like you were mentioning before, and then so this was again so ridiculous that we cut to back to the bands again. <laughs> so we have fireworks, and then the dad band. It's the guy with the afro, the drums, and I'm like, these guys must be. Or maybe they were like a local Hungarian band, or maybe they were like one of those bands from Europe. But then why do we cut to, again, it's probably stock footage, but just construction workers working at sunset. I'm just like, okay, this concert's already going on. What are they fixing? They had, they needed filler. They, again, this, this is what, what happened. I mean, that's, there's no way they wanted this much of the music to be in the movie. You know, I mean, they needed filler. They weren't enough scenes filmed and, you know, they just threw whatever they could they piece together and they made like a puzzle out of it. They did yeah. something. They did it was, something. It was originally called the concert. <laughs> I know. I wonder. I that must have been on the script, but I don't know if they would they have ever released it as that name. That's just like that's like two on the nose. Well, I know. Oh. That, 
Oh, you're being serious? Like, yeah. It was the concert? Yeah. Well, that's what it was like known as. Grizzly 2, the concert. Yeah, but you know what? If you take um, out the concert scenes and the and the the document nature documentary, you literally have maybe forty minutes of movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, so I don't think they had a choice, um, but I can't imagine a final product really having this much of because it really. I hate to say, I mean, you know, the movie is good, you know, but it dragged this this whole concert. It was like it was like full songs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, so. So, like a, a couple of things we already talked about happens with the poachers when they're building every uh, everything the they're building the pits and putting the stakes in the pits, uh, and then with the senator and the, his wife arrive, who his wife looked really familiar. It's weird this IMDb isn't fully filled out. Uh, I guess maybe if I watched the end of the credits, I would have saw it. Or on Grizzly Two Revenge, they have all of it. But dude, it kind of looked like the uh, remember the old couple in Home Alone in the airport. It looked like the wife yeah. in that old couple because she looks so familiar. I'll double check it. Jamie's making faces. I'm going to say she, she would have to be pretty old. She was, this is 83. Ten years later, she'd be pretty old. Oh, it was only not. Okay, yeah. Uh, never mind. Yeah. All right, you're right. Thank you. Well, I don't know if I'm right. But, uh, <laughs> but then I wrote, is the senator a fan of European rock and roll? Is, is this the selling point? Is he's going to be like, holy shit, wow. Elaine, whatever you want. It's yours. You know what? The, based on the size of that crowd, I'm sure these were the hottest bands, you know, for any age. I mean, so yes, he was. He was it was probably the biggest ticket out there because they, they were had a, this. This literally was a Woodstock like crowd. Like it was huge, huge. No, yeah, no, it definitely was. So maybe that was like something that like, you know, and got them like going you know maybe that's something like oh my god look at this honey i told you the senator thing's gonna pay off but <laughs> the story of that bouchard when him and sam and nick are having like the heart to heart and he talks about the way they used to hunt grizzly the the look on sam's face is like just like horrifying and the number was so much higher than i thought when he was talking about them just we used to go on horseback and just the way he spoke, you know, like the, the way he told his stories, like in like pauses and the, it just, he was just so great. I mean, such sure. a great, such a great character. Me and, me and my grandfather. <laughs> Fucking 25 grizzlies drawn and quartered the son of a beach. <laughs> And her face I, is the getting... look on her face was the look on my face watching this movie. Oh yeah. But was she Don't excited during Peter this part? <laughs> what? I was saying, was it a look of excitement? No, Bouchard scenes are like <laughs> oh, yeah. I, again. His story was the the best part of of the movie. Easy. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying it's better than a grab ass scene? I I know you're gonna say that. Grab ass two, to Toco Cola three. <laughs> <laughs> but so then again, now it's the first time we cut back to that and the music's matching up. It's that song that I've talked about a bunch. But one of the lines was, Hey, hey, you, did you get the milk? Did you take the milk from the Coke? <laughs> it's amazing. I just love everything about that song. It's just like. I have to. I I really still question it though. I I don't know if people just. I don't. 
That can't be real. The song? I can't. Yes. It's cool, though, man. Oh, you know what? Later, send me uh, their album. I want to see what other songs they have because that song was ridiculous. (laughs) I'm going to be listening to the whole album as soon as we're done. Right after this, I'm going to listen to all of it. And then I talked about it just before was the senator and his wife, they show them like in the VIP and they're like loving everything about this. So it's like, hey, this worked. And Suzanne told me she's she's somewhere in that section when they filmed this scene. That was the first day of filming, doing all those shots and everything else is afterwards. But I couldn't find her. I paused it. I looked around. I'm like, man, I should have asked her like where she was. Because there was a couple of blonde women, and I was just like, "That's pretty. That's got to be pretty cool." For all she put together, all of that, right in where the Russian in a socialist country, Russian army trained like a mile away. Yeah, like absolutely mind blowing. And then we talked def- about it. We talked were, about it earlier. Saying, yeah, I was say just just some of the audience members when you see them walking like that picture you have. <laughs> there were so many interesting people oh. in that crowd. Like, and they, and these are real people. Like these aren't even aren't any actors. It's like everyday, you know, regular people. Oh, dude, the every, you Hungarian. can tell that they're all European. Oh yeah. Oh, easy. There's just a look on their face. I'm just like, oh my god. And the fact that the lady's carrying a baby, the cigarette <laughs> hanging from her mouth. That is like, pfft. that's it. That's. Why is that frowned upon? <laughs> well, no, it is. It's frowned upon when you don't give the baby a cigarette. <laughs> You gotta share, mom. Uh, now I'm now I'm thinking about bringing that baby to that concert. Well, I, I was thinking that like I was focusing think, on the cigarette the whole time. Think about that how many people are there, and they bring and, and they're bringing a baby, a toddler, to a, a, a concert with thousands of people. Come on, you baby! I couldn't <laughs> get a babysitter. What if that's not her baby, but a friend? A <laughs> Wait, friend. She, kid. She's holding hands with the other girl. Oh yeah. Very I just productive. noticed that. <laughs> Maybe they stole that baby. They're like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we stole the neighbor's baby and took it to a concert? Maybe that's a guy. Maybe it's a long hair. All that, that 80s Jerry curl going on. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, shit. That's Jerry in the front party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like Nick, obviously he cares about his daughter his, his wife, we don't know what happened to her. Uh, when he sees her, he knows all this is going around. Like everything's happening so close. People are dying. And it's again, it's like midnight. Cause he even says like, it's yeah, it's midnight at this point. And he is like, all right, just make sure you take the main road home. Dave, take the shortcut. I'm like, put your daughter in the car or make her stay in something. Why would you even let her venture out, man? That's your only. Well, uh, clearly parents are, aren't, there aren't good parents in this movie. I mean, because noticing if you move to your left a little bit, Doug, the other woman has a baby too. No. Uh, <laughs> double baby. They stole two babies. <laughs> so obviously, clearly the parents in this movie just are not good parents. That's really funny. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> so amazing, dude. So, so this Grandpa Joe, uh, Papa's is a real riot. How about the scene when he's grabbing the dead rabbit and oh. talking like like it's a puppet? He's like, oh, yeah, how about $100,000? What if there's two bears, 200000 And I'm like, wow, this guy is something. And then, the, again, boom, 
bear comes out of nowhere. Papa sh- shoots a gun just in the air. One guy falls right into the pit. And then we he shot. They, no, he shot. Didn't he shoot the guy by accident? Ooh, did he? I saw the guy fly back. I didn't know if he shot him. I thought he shot him and he, that's why he fell in. Oh. You think he turned on him? But we saw the bear already. You thought he got scared, fired, shot. Right. Yes. Yes. That's what I think. I, I don't think they were prepared for what they were, they saw. I mean, again, you see a bear the size of King Kong, you know, your reaction is going to be a little different than if you saw a regular bear. Yeah. And he, uh, I did enjoy what the bear did. So this is like what a sequel bear does versus an original film bear. Because when Bouchard's running around like a madman and he finds all the poachers dead, the guy that was like in, like the other guys, Pappas was like ripped, stomach is ripped open. The one guy's in the pit. The one guy was in the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that like the branches that looked pretty cool. Like you know what? There. Scratch my thought from before about climbing a tree because he looked like he got killed the worst way. See, good thing he they didn't he didn't listen to you. Well, Pete died yeah. anyway. So <laughs> I guess he would have yeah, died they, anyway. You just choose how you're gonna die. They had a couple of good gore effects in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I love I love that one. I was like, man, that's so cool to be able to see that. But again, I hated the the fact that I, the one thing I did hate again again. It must have been actual stock footage. I don't know why they didn't use newer stock footage because they've been implementing it throughout the movie. But when you saw that really grainy stock footage of the bear running after the guys impaled, so it's like the bears running from Bouchard uh, because, I don't know, it makes no sense. And then, like you were talking about earlier, like when they were backstage and you heard them shouting, you heard like, uh, not even shouting, the people were talking normal backstage, concerts going yeah. on, Nothing phase. How about when the bears are growling and you hear it and the rangers are just walking? Wouldn't they have been walking? Stop and be like, holy crap. It was just like they shouldn't have added the bear growling over that. Yeah. Yeah, because there was no reaction. Right. There there could have been some really great like suspense terror built up. Like uh, you know, like American Werewolf in London. Like you hear the howling in the distance and the characters get terrified. Because they know something's getting closer. There could have been a ton of that in this movie. Hell yeah. They could have done that so much. Even at the concert. I know maybe they couldn't have done it for like just like insurance. But once the concert's over, you tell all the people, okay, guys, uh, thanks for coming to our concert for this movie. We want you just to start running. Because that never happened at all. It's like people. Even if they use a section of the crowd to like give that illusion of it. But I don't know. I thought we were going to get like a Jaws scene where the bear is going into the crowd and start like slashing away. Like, you know, when when I think it was Jaws two or or three, when they were all the rafts were out there and the uh, Jaws two. I I, I thought that would have been good. Let's just get a couple of kills in the crowd, you know, to make it more intense. Just kill some crowd people. Kill them. All right, let's go. You know what? I got news to you. After listening listening to some of that music, they probably would have been okay with getting (laughs) mauled by a bear. Or the bear goes out there, pulls a cigarette out of the lady's mouth, and was like, hey, I need to kill you now. <laughs> so you, is Smokey the bear? You doing Smoking kills. <laughs> Flash. It, it's almost like, so we just went from him being Michael Myers. Now the bear is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yep. Smoking kills, and then slash across the throat, and then just some smoke coming out of the wood. <laughs> Done. Love it. I love it. Grizzly 3. So then 
so then the bear is getting close to the concert. We just see Bush. So this is one part. So Egan, you saw it twice. Jamie, you saw it once. So sure. when you saw the bear getting close and you saw like that POV and you saw somebody lifting boxes and fireworks started going off, that was Bouchard or no? Or was that someone else? You, you, you couldn't. He ran, he ran towards the fireworks, I thought. So I don't think I don't think it was him. So who was that yeah. guy? They, I thought it was someone. At all. It, was, it was someone else. It was another. It was like the concert pyrotechnic. Yes, guy. that's what I think. Because I paused it, and you can't see a face. It's only two seconds, and I'm like, man, because yeah. then Bouchard comes out later. And I'm like, oh, he's not on fire. The other guy got set on fire, <laughs> like from that. But I thought it was a mistake. I thought someone did something, and and that's what started a fire. Like I thought it was a mistake with the concert, or whatever, or something. It must have been. Like, I don't like the bear was setting that off. No, 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 but it wasn't I I, I wasn't a plan by Bouchard to, to do that. I, I thought it was the bear. You're the bear fired. only I can start forest fires. <laughs> uh so Jamie did you, people. <laughs> so Jamie, did you notice a cameo, another uh sequel that we covered actor? <clears throat> so the Jamaican guy's like so high, he's freaking out. When they see the bear, it's right after Nick and Sam somehow crash. I don't even know what they're, it's not like the bear, like pushed the car over. They just crashed. So the guy who what was playing, the guy who's playing like uh Charlie's assistant, that was Ian McNeese who played Greenwall in Ace Ventura too. Yes. Yes. That I knew. Yes. I was like, I, you know, I I so familiar. I looked him up and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. been in so much. Yeah. He's another guy. That's like a side character. You know, you've seen him so many times. You don't, you don't realize. Yeah. Again, casting. I mean, that's, it's amazing. All the, all the people that were in this movie and, and what they went on to after it. I'm calling Hell it yeah. now. Casting director of Grizzly to the revenge MVP of the movie. Oh, easy. Oh, uh, tie oh. between Bouchard <laughs> and tie between. If it was a choice to start playing grab ass. <laughs> I, I thought the guy that's holding the, the grizzly arm was pretty good too. <laughs> was pretty good. Okay. So, <laughs> so the next scene is just, again, just defines that what this movie, and maybe that's why John Reese Davis really is like so excited to really for it to like see the light of day. Uh, because the next scene, all the roadies run out, they help pick up Nick and Sam. And then Bouchard just has this look in his eyes. He turns to the bear and he pulls his ax out. And he's just like, you're like, what the hell is going to happen? And this is the same time that I know Egan's going to take it from here. When uh, he talked about, he had a lot of notes when he gets on the forklift. Cause that's when Nick gets on the forklift. Well, this is where you see the size of the bear, right? When yes. he, when he yeah. gets the ax. This and this is like, I didn't think the bear was that big until this scene right here. Oh, I didn't dude. realize how big this bear was. Yeah, there's there's no there's no continuity with the size of the bear until the end. Right. Where, you, where, you, where he's on the forklift driving and you just see the belly of the bear coming. Because I guess the bear is running on its hind legs, right? Yeah. Just coming at him. Well, you know what? I think the bear is on its hind legs the whole time because even when you see the po- the see the point of view from the bear, like in the beginning of the movie, it's always from like oh, over yeah. trees. Like it's high, it's a high view. Yeah, yeah, no, it just I, it just cracks me up thinking about a bear running on its hind legs. <laughs> but do you guys like the line that he says? Because it's pretty much, come on, it's the same line as Brody and Jaws too. 
He says, come on, you oh. son of a bitch. Yeah. And I want Jaws isn't 1. There, Smile, you there, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there, there's a couple Jaws rip-off lines in this, I think. Or maybe I'm thinking about Grizzly 1. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's it. There's definitely a, uh, there's a, we, we need a bigger helicopter in one of these movies. What? Probably. Well, the there is a helicopter in this movie, in the beginning of the movie. And the helicopter looks like a toy helicopter. Like, it looked like it was like, they were standing in front of the helicopter and it, it landed, but you didn't see anybody come out, but it looked like such a small helicopter, you know, when it landed. So I, I, I wonder if it was a real helicopter or not. <laughs> That's when the Senator arrived. He arrived in a, <laughs> toy so you know what though that line would work then we need a b- bigger helicopter yeah. <laughs> it's in one of these movies so so bouchard uses it's pretty cool he actually uses the store uh the whole about his grandpa's story that they used to tr- you know they killed 25 grizzly bears with just roping horses pretty crazy <laughs> but when he has the rope in his one hand where is he carrying that rope i guess maybe on his uh tied to one of his like little tethers that were hanging off of his native American jacket. And then he just has that knife and he's just stabbing away, stabbing away. And just the way he goes, man. Do they explain why he does the American Indian thing? No, not at all. Yeah. They they talk about it. Well, they talk about it. They talk about it, but they don't explain why, like what's, you know, he just snapped. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And he became a wild man. He wanted to be one with Bear. Could you I mean, saw I your like, you know, wife and kids get mauled by a bear, and then maybe he they, again they should have thrown that line in. You know, Charlie Cypher should have been like, yeah, and then he be, befriended a native local Native American tribe, just something, right? Something like, right makes sense. But they didn't want to he do went that. Into that sweat lodge and never came out the same. Poltergeist too, baby. Yeah, yes. that they sweat lodge, man. Things happen, and that's what. Oh, well, it showed up in another movie, didn't it? Show up in another. It was. Show, yeah, I thought it, it was another movie we did. No, I think it was another movie we did, and we talked. We mentioned it. There was some yeah. kind of. Yeah, it's a popular sequel thing. Throw <laughs> the sweat lodge. But I did so, love his. Uh, I did love his like Rambo slash Predator preparation scene, where he's just getting ready. He's getting all his tools together. He's got his tassels on. <laughs> That was, that was a key moment for me. I don't know about you guys. He's just, he's right. Bouchard is going full Bouchard and just, I don't know. I just love everything about him. And the way he goes, just getting tossed by the bare arm, goes, gets impaled on the thing. But again, all of this is going on. No one's batting an eye yet. Like in a few uh, seconds. No, the music, the music starts playing again. Like the, during a lot of this part, there was no music at all. The band was not playing. There was a silence. And then the music starts playing again in the concert. It's maybe they wanted to listen and they were like, you know what? Let's turn it back up. It's not good. <laughs> but, but Nick's idea just, is just, I guess, did he know that? Was he around that that long? Or is that quick on his feet that he's like, Oh, electrocution. Oh my God. Jaws two electrical yes. wire. Wow. I thought of that right away. Yeah. Wow. So then he crawls under the fence and the bears that stupid, this bear that's been peeping and doing all this stuff. He's like, Oh, fence. Well, when it comes to electrocution, though, was there supposed to be Christmas lights there? Because it looked like the bear was tangled in Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, that was like the only. Maybe that's when they were finally able to use that one bear because it was already broken. 
it was all like wrapped around everything. But when you saw his mouth for like that two second <laughs> shot of the large one, and it was like the teeth were like metal looking, and you just saw flames going out. It, it looked, looked like, like a country, a country bear jamboree from Disney World. It yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And then all you see is Elaine. She just rolls with it when they're like, oh, is that part of the show? And she's like, yes. <laughs> yes. And then I'm like, wait, those people love that senator and his wife love like European, like, per, like whatever the hell kind of rock and roll music this is. And they love seeing the, a bear on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is like, whoa, this is it. Well, it's pre Ozzy and, and bat. He didn't eat a bat yet. 83. Yeah, it's right. Okay, so it is. Okay, it's a post Ozzy and Bat. So it's the thing to kill, you know, torture and kill animals on stage. They're like, Ozzy ate a bat. I want to see something else bigger die on stage. I, I assume that they thought it was a fake bear. Oh, no, I know that. <laughs> no, I'm sure though. But even like, is that cool? A fake bear? I guess. So. Sure. Oh, Grateful Dead had bears back then. <laughs> a dancing bear. I guess he no? was sort of dancing, bear explodes. right? <laughs> Wow. So that was, man, for an, an a movie that's only a, a and, 68 minutes. And then it just ends. Cut to and then credit. it does just end. Yeah. 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 68 I, minutes, I, and we I, talked I, I, almost I double the, the time. I, I, I agree. I did the same thing. I'm like, all right. And then it like it really was a quick ending. It was like, all right, we're done. We have nothing else left. We, are, we, we used every song possible that these bands sing. We can't even throw a song at the end, you know. But... I wonder if there was anything after. I said, what the was- fuck? I started laughing and I, re- I decided I loved I loved the end. <laughs> I loved it. Elaine sits down and just that's it. You know what? They should they should have done like a little, again, nature documentary, throw, show other bears in the wild, you know, with their families and, you know, ended it like that. <laughs> and then Bouchard just <laughs> nope. opens his eyes. The ending is perfect as is. And right, so perfect that- as is. In fact, if the rest of the movie had leaned more into quirky '80s horror comedy, the ending would have worked even better. <laughs> I, I'm here. I'm all That's here all for it. I'm I here for it. it. So that was great, man. <laughs> Me and Jamie talk about it, man. 68 minute movie. I don't know what this is officially going to tally up to, but man, that movie was a blast to talk about. So I'll go with our five time guests. We figured out what the fifth movie is. So that that stands. So would you tell people to watch this Chris Egan? Uh, yeah, I would, I, I would preface it with a little bit of backstory and, you know, let them know it's kind of a mess before going in. But, Perhaps uh, an interview I, I wish, by a it- podcast maybe of course of course you know I, I i always share your guys stuff you know that. oh i know you do i'm just um i know um i i wish it had more i wish there was more because i feel like it could have been pieced together to to even become like a like a so bad it's good type movie like the room or you know something that like people would throw on at parties that sort of thing and i guess it, it kind of fits into that it's just it's not quite there it's not there's too much concert stuff there's too much filler where you know you're not you can't even really enjoy it as like a fun like a fun 80s slasher or something you know where you're, you're bopping along with it it's it's a little choppy but i can see I this being rocky 
I could see this being Rocky Horror. Grab ass happens. Everybody in the theater starts grab ass and they start singing impossible. Maybe. If there was more, if there was more to it, I think it would more to the grab ass. It's just, I just don't think there's enough here. I, and, 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 and that being said, I, I fully enjoyed watching it. Uh, I, I did, I laughed. I thought, you know, I thought there was some good stuff to it. Absolutely. And, and, and I do applaud, you know, Susan Nagy and, and, and everyone that was trying to get this out for doing something with it, not letting it just, you know, sit, you know, on a shelf somewhere. So there was a lot of hard work put into it. So I recommend it solely on that. Just to check it out, see what you think. <laughs> nice. All right, Jamie. Yeah. You know, um, I would say, you know, before you watch this movie, do your research, you know, listen to, I mean, you know, I don't normally plug our interviews, but pl- uh, listen to the Nagy interview uh, talking about the history of this movie, look online and, and read about the history before you watch it. Because it is a different kind of movie to watch, knowing the whole history and how they put everything together, and um, it's it's definitely interesting to see what they the product they they made after knowing everything. Because I mean, again, I, you don't normally see where they splice scenes here and there, scenes out of the blue. They added new scenes to old scenes, and like this movie has all of that. And it's interesting to watch that way. So without a doubt, I would say do the research, but definitely watch the movie, but do the research first. Of course. Got to see this Bouchard alone. <laughs> and no, it is cool. Like, you know, we, everybody said the same thing. I interviewed Suzanne, so I'm not going to sit here and say like, wow, the, the, just the story behind it is what I love so much that she had such a deep connection that 37 years yeah, she just kept fighting for it. You know, four years afterwards, trying to get the rights from the guy that left, and then she had to buy the sequel rights because the guy lied and said he had it. And like, there's so much that goes down to that. And I just love the idea of that movie with all of these people in it is is something. So, uh, yeah. So that was Grizzly Two Revenge, and next week we are back in the superhero genre. For an equally good sequel to Captain America 2, Death Too Soon. Jamie, do you agree? Um, what that it's equally as good as Death Too Soon? <laughs> no. Uh we, we definitely might have a different view, uh, but I do like the sequel coming up. So yeah. this is so this is our first time being in the DC universe, and it's really no joke inside. One of my favorite sequels, one of my favorite fa- franchises, Batman Returns. It's got Keaton, Pfeiffer, DeVito, Walken. And of course, next week, guest who had a small but really pivotal role that you know Tim Burton just couldn't cast. And some guy that knew Gregory S. Cummings, who's an amazing actor, uh, he said Greg will be able to nail this role. And he made him do the audition in the hallway when he walked past him. He said, do the line. And uh, Greg's <laughs> the one who steals the baby in the movie, and he has a quick line, goes on the podium. But man, su- such a great guy. He's on Bosch on uh, Amazon Prime. He plays the role of Detective Moore, who's great. We already had on Barrel, Troy Evans. And just his career is one of those that's phenomenal. He was an amazing punter in college, the best punter at Hawaii football like ever. And he was in some awesome movies about, uh, with the Boz, great stories about uh, Forsyth, which is 
so cool. Cliffhanger Hanger with Stallone, a movie called Dead End City with Robert uh, with Robert Zadar. They go one on one, and he was cool because one of his ro- roles that you don't know about is because you don't think it looks like him is when he plays Max Dad on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is like. Man, and you just talked about the audition process. So it was a really cool interview. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. Follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. And don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night. Good night.